Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah? He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tonnes of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You mean forced? Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Hello and welcome to a slightly different episode to my usual style this week. Uh, I have been meaning to fill you in on some of my adventures overseas. So yeah, this week is the week. Now, as you may know, if you've been following me on social media, I take off to Fiji about four times a year to go and work on a nutrition project that's very close to my heart. You see, when I'm not sorting out women with adrenal fatigue and pyrrole disorder in my clinic, and when I'm not running my online program, I also moonlight as the Fiji Nutrition Coordinator for Involvement Volunteers International. They're also known as IVI. IVI are a charity organization based on the Gold Coast. They send volunteers to communities all over the world, including places like the Pacific Islands, Bali, the Philippines, Greece, India, and Nepal, just to name a few. I became involved with IVI uh, about a year and a half ago now when I went on a trip as a volunteer to Greece to go and work in the uh, refugee camps over there. Uh, and it was an amazing experience, a really, really awesome experience, one of the best things I've ever done. Um, and if you want to hear a bit more about those, you can actually go back to some of my older episodes. Uh, there's one, it's episode 37, and that's with Lauren Lacey. She's the director of IVI, and we have a chat about what IVI does. Um, and then in episodes 42, 43, and 44, uh, that's where I actually go over my trip to Greece, and you can find out what I got up to over there. 
Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about IVI and what we do over in Fiji. Um, so, yeah, long story short, I went to Greece with Lauren. We got along like a house on fire. I really love working with Involvement Volunteers International and this opportunity came up to start something in Fiji and she said, oh, do you want to be the Fiji Nutrition Coordinator? And I was like, ah, yes, it was a hell yeah for me. Um, so it started just over a year ago where I went over with just one other volunteer and we went on a bit of a scouting mission. We checked out lots of places to, you know, that were potential sort of places we could work with to um, to help to either educate people or um, do health checks, etc. cetera. Uh, and we found some really cool leads there of places that we could work with ongoing. And we did do some health checks while we were over there, but it wasn't very many. It was just like a few dozen. And then so since then, I've done another three trips. So the last trip that's just gone, that was my fourth trip to Fiji. And now it's blown out to seven volunteers plus me. And the last time we went, we did over 800 health checks on Fijian people. The next trip looks like it's going to be, would you believe it, 14 volunteers. Um, and we're even going to divide up into three teams and go all over Fiji and hopefully, well, definitely going to try for at least a 1,000 health checks. Uh, and, yeah, it just keeps on growing and growing. Soon I'm hoping that we can start looking at other Pacific hotspots. Uh, we've got things like places like Vanuatu in our sites as well. Our focus is on education and diabetes prevention. So there's a lot of work to do. I don't know if you know much about Fiji. I mean, the image that gets presented to us in Australia is, you know, resorts, holidays, cocktails, islands, surfing, fishing, beautiful beaches, and that's all definitely a part of Fiji. But there's the real Fiji as well. And the real Fiji, well, they're in all kinds of trouble with their health. In fact, a report came out like the week before I went last and um, one of the people that we work with over there, they forwarded uh, a news uh, article to me that was in their paper and it turns out that some studies have been done and Fiji is now number one in the world for type 2 diabetes, number one. They have outranked everyone, Australia, America, all the other countries, number one in the world for diabetes and it looks like they're about one in three so one in three adults over there is going to be getting some sort of you know type 2 diabetes at some at some stage in their life but this is like really not just you know it, it's really tough to see this happening because they are such beautiful people um, but it's also completely preventable so yeah, we're going over there with a view to doing a lot of education and health checks to help raise awareness and to help pinpoint diseases before they take hold. So we want to catch people when they're pre-diabetic and turn this around before it turns into diabetes and heart disease as well. So what we do is we go over and we assess and we measure the health of the local people. Uh, and that is, so we're looking at things like blood pressure, um, fasting blood glucose. We do a bit of height, weight. We uh, measure their waist circumference to show if they're uh, in a higher risk category for diabetes. Uh, so we do all of that to, to raise everyone's own personal awareness of where their body's at, where their health is at. Because would you believe it? Like some people can go 
you know, all their lives, like right into their 30s, 40s, 50s and on without ever having these checks even done. Um, It's quite common over there for people to be a bit wary about going to doctors. So some people don't even know that they've got high blood pressure or high blood sugar until it's too late. Okay, so we are also increasing awareness of uh, sugar-rich foods that people should be avoiding through education. And again, like it was mind-blowing, uh, the you know the lack of education that was happening around these sorts of foods, and especially which foods have got the sugar in them. Uh, so yeah, we do a lot of work showing people which foods have got the sugar. Uh, yeah, we actually even take props with us now. Uh, thanks to the the people behind that sugar film, Damon and his crew, um, I had a chat with someone from from that camp, and they showed us how to educate people. They said, "All right, we'll go and buy the local foods, go and buy the local tins of baked beans and the fruit juice, and you know the jam and the biscuits and all the things. Go and buy them, and then buy a bunch of Ziploc bags." Sorry to anyone who's doing plastic free July, but yeah, we did buy a bunch of Ziploc bags and then we got some big bags of sugar and we measured how much sugar was in each of those products into a Ziploc bag and then we labeled them, you know, baked beans, um, you know, 42 grams of sugar and then we put down how many teaspoons of sugar that is, say, you know, 10 teaspoons of sugar. And we would stick that to the baked beans and we would do the same with the fruit juice. We would do the same with the jam. We would do the same with the biscuits and so on. And then we like visually, physically showed people what is in their food and their minds were being blown all over the place. Believe me, like we had some of the reactions that were priceless. We had one lady freaking out because we showed her what was in the flavoured yogurt and she's like, I give this to my daughter every day. My daughter's always hyperactive. I never knew why. I'm going to get her off this. I'm going to tell all the other mums at the preschool as well. And we were like, oh, my God, like no one's ever told her this before. So we're doing a lot of sugar education there you know, both one-on-one and in groups when people come through for their health checks. We have a little station set up and we actually have all the props laid out. And if someone has a high blood glucose reading on the day, they get sent over to the table. Do you eat any of these foods? And that's where the education starts to happen. So the great thing about these health checks as well is it's exposing people to the concept of having their health checked regularly. So some people who, who are having their finger pricked to have their blood sugar taken, and you know, it's funny, it's always the boys. It's always the boys. Well, so we, it's only a tiny little pinprick. If you've ever had your blood glucose done, it's a tiny little pinprick and a drop of blood. But some people have been putting it off having done because they thought it was going to hurt a lot and they were scared of the needle. So we're exposing people to this concept of having these simple checks done and we're making it like normalized so that they can go home and also tell their friends and their family that doesn't hurt that much and that it's really simple to do and it's not that scary after all. So, I mean, our overall goal, of course, is to improve the health of the local Fijian people. But, yeah, that's our strategy. It's all about checking the health and then educating the people. So we'd been over there a couple of times and we had an opportunity to work with some partners over there and one of those partners was quite unexpected actually it was a five-star resort and 
this, you know, at first I was a bit sceptical because I was like, oh, you know, we really didn't come here to do corporate stuff. We really came here to work with people who were extremely needy. Um, but we happened to be uh, doing health checks and working with a community that was opposite a five-star resort called Sheraton Tokariki. And they invited us to go over for the day and to do health checks on the staff who actually live out the back of the resort. So it turns out that a lot of people commute from nearby islands to go to work, but also if people live a little bit further away and it's and you can't commute by boat because it's too far, there's staff quarters out the back, kind of like a dormitory style accommodation where the resort staff can actually live. Um, so it's a little bit like a FIFO kind of situation where they'll do a certain amount of days on and then they'll go home by boat to their village for their days off and then back in on their days on and they'll live out at the back on site again. So we were, you know, we decided to partner with this resort and go and do the health checks because we thought, well, these people are from all these local villages and if we can help to educate them, they will take this information back to their villages as well. So over we went and what we found was actually really surprising. Uh, the very first time we did the health checks, we found that 88% of the staff were either overweight or obese um, and what was it like 20% had blood glucose readings that were in the realms of being either pre-diabetic or diabetic um, and we saw some blood pressures that blew our mind, blew our mind. Um, in Australia, if I was in clinic and I saw a blood pressure of over 180, it's actually my duty to call that person an ambulance and to make sure that they get transferred to hospital. So anything over 180 is a medical emergency. Anything over about sort of 150, 160 is considered to be very high, but 180 is, an, is considered in Australia a medical emergency. And while we were doing health checks on some of these resort staff, we saw blood pressures in the 200s and that was really scary because that puts people at very high risk of stroke as well. Um, so yeah, we realized that we tapped into a bit of a vein really, and there was lots of work to be done. And so we started educating the staff while we were working there. And you know what happened? We were like, okay, so, you know, what do they feed you in the staff cafeteria? And they were like, oh yeah, we have like chicken and vegetable type casseroles for lunch. And we have this for dinner, like curries for dinner. And that all sounded really good until we had a look at what they were having for breakfast, they were eating cake for breakfast every single day. And this is a staff mess hall on a remote island. So this is all they get given. They don't get the food at the resort. They're at the back of the resort, remember. Um, and like I said, the lunches and the dinners were pretty good, you know, probably a bit fatty, a bit salty, whatever. But essentially they weren't terrible. But cake for breakfast. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Fiji, but the servings in Fiji are huge. Portion sizes are huge. Oh my God. Like the size of the the meals that people eat are massive. Cause I know, cause they were trying to feed the portions that big to us and you would eat until you were full and it looked like you hadn't even made a dent. It was like, oh my God, I feel so rude because I haven't eaten all the food they've given me, but it's like impossible. So anyway, these portion sizes for the breakfast cake, can you imagine? So each piece of cake was like a big bit of sponge sort of cake about the size of like a lamington. Uh, and so it was big, it was thick, square, and it, then it had like this custard icing on the top, like this custard cream on the top, 
super, super, super sweet, about the size of a lamington, each person was eating on average three slices of this cake for breakfast and then like a little handful of fruit like watermelon or something. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I know why everyone's getting diabetes. So (laughs) we spoke to management at the Sheraton and they were extremely receptive to our suggestions and now we're actually working with them to get the food that the staff are served improved and to look at more healthy options. So the Sheraton are now, uh, because of what we did there, they are now looking at changing their menu slowly, slowly um, uh, over to things like eggs and whole grain toast and porridge and those sorts of things. So that once we realised that we could have those sorts of changes happen, um, and once we realized we could have that sort of impact, we then realized that there's a lot of scope for working with these kinds of places. So now, as well as working in a lot of the grassroots communities over there and the remote islands and the housing projects and the women and children's shelters, et cetera, we also now partner with resorts. So we've been working with the Sheraton Marriott Western chain and they're amazing. They care deeply about their stuff, which is like really refreshing for a big company. It's it's not what I expected at all. They honestly care about their staff and they're very proactive about improving their health. So that's how we're, uh, you know, that's how we can continue to sustain these trips. And now we can go over and we do lots of resort staff uh, health checks as well. And we're starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to feel like one of the family over there when I'm there. It's really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah, kudos to these resorts for allowing us to come and do these health checks and allowing us to do the education because it really is an amazing way to reach more people. Uh, The other thing is is that working with the workers there, uh, they're highly motivated. They want to stay healthy for work. A lot of them are the breadwinners for their families. Uh, So they're super motivated to keep diabetes and heart disease at bay uh, because they're the workers. And so if we can help them, they will go back and filter this information back to their families as well. So it's really, really cool. Um, And now that we've seen a couple of those super high blood pressures, don't worry, we've also put in place uh, kind of like a triage system, I guess you would call it. So what we do is every day if we see any immediate high-risk cases, we actually have a system in place now to get these people the medical attention that they need. Last time I was over there, we we broke our record, and this is a record you'd never want to break. I think our record prior to this was like 210 over something, um, and this time we saw a blood pressure of 230 over 150. Uh, that was mind-blowing. I was actually texting a couple of my friends who were nurses, and I was like, have you ever seen a blood pressure like this? And they're like, nah. So uh, we got him off to the doctor on the day, um, someone from HR actually drove him to the doctor. Turns out he hadn't been taking his blood pressure medication, even though he'd been prescribed it like six months ago. Uh, so yeah, he's back on his meds now. His blood pressure's come down from two, uh, from two thirty. I think it went down to about one ninety within forty eight hours, and then it continued to drop. And then he was able to go back to work. So. Yeah, so that's the sort of stuff we're doing over there. Um, so what I've got for you now is a very quick rundown of um, a typical resort health check day. So here's a little excerpt from when we were over there uh, that I recorded while we were actually at work. Anyway, 
Okay, so it's been bedlam in here this morning at Sheriff's and Tokariki. I'll just talk you through what I can see right now. It's calmed down a bit now. Um, we've got one volunteer, our beautiful Irish volunteer, is at the weighing and measuring station. So she checks people in for the health check and she takes their name, their employee number and makes sure that we've got their date of birth, etc. And then they get weighed and measured because we end up doing their BMI and looking at whether they're overweight or underweight. And then she measures their waist circumference and their hip circumference. And then they go over to the next station. And the next station is the blood pressure station. And that's where we've got our next volunteer who's uh, cranking out blood pressures like an absolute machine. The hilarious thing is, is that sometimes you can't hear very well because blood pressures can be very difficult to hear and the room has been getting really noisy. So anyone who's been on blood pressure is an absolute legend. And then we go over to the blood sugar station and at the blood sugar station we prick their finger and we take their blood sugar reading, fasting blood sugar reading. And so we're looking at uh, whether they are possibly pre-diabetic or diabetic and so if anyone is showing high blood pressure or uh, high blood sugar, we then uh, recommend that they go back to the mainland and they go to the doctor or the hospital and they get a follow-up check and perhaps even a, diag a formal diagnosis. And then we pop all the data into a big, beautiful spreadsheet and that way we've got everything saved for the next time we come here and what we can do is each trip that we make, we compare the readings to see whether what we're doing is actually helping the people here to get healthier or not. So we're hoping it does. Um, yeah, so that's one of the things that we've been doing here. Um, and, yeah, so far today we think it's only 2.30 in the afternoon and we think we've done about 100 or so health checks. So yay, team, they're awesome. So, yeah, pretty awesome, huh? Now, of course, like I was saying earlier, we do balance out the corporate work we do um, with visits to communities that have a greater need uh, for healthcare as well. Um, so I spoke about HEART before, which is um, it's called Housing and Relief Trust. Uh, we go in there and we help families. There's lots and lots of women and children in there. Um, and we also go into a place called Korapita, um, which is, again, a, a housing project. It's got hundreds of people in there. I think there's over 100 houses, maybe 130 or 150 houses or something. Um, and so we go into these places now and at heart we do outreach. We actually go from house to house and knock on doors and, you know, go into people's homes and we do their blood pressure and the health check there. Uh, but, yeah, we also do... Uh, at Korapita, we actually sit in like a community hall and they come to us. Uh, so that was really cool. And look, on this trip, I've had all kinds of health professionals with me. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take all different kinds of health professionals. So we're not just naturopaths and nutritionists. We also take dietitians, we take nurses, we take GPs. This time we had a couple of occupational therapists as well. Um, so it is is a really good bunch of varying skills. Um, and yeah, this time uh, when we were in Korapita, we actually identified some areas of need that we weren't expecting to see, but we're hoping to help sort out next time we were there. And, and one of those areas was that we saw so much tooth decay. Oh my goodness. Um, we're still investigating now. We're still working out, asking a few questions with the right people to find out whether it's just a really high sugar intake or whether the kids are actually not brushing their teeth. 
if they're not brushing their teeth, we're actually going to take toothbrushes next time we go. Like we'll, we'll take over a couple of hundred toothbrushes. We'll see if we can get our hands on some toothpaste, et cetera, um, and we'll do a toothbrushing workshop. We'll sit all the kids down and we'll show them how to brush uh, because I'd honestly never seen anything like it. Uh, and some of the children, they looked like they were in pain. We asked, you know, they, they were kids with toothaches, et cetera. Uh, but we saw teeth that were like literally brown, rotting, breaking off, you know, kids with sort of stumps, little brown stumps instead of teeth because the decay was that serious. So, yeah, so sometimes we go into a place thinking that we're going to do diabetes education and we come out with a whole new plan. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I guess you're wondering, well, you might be wondering where we stay when we're over there as well and what life is like for a volunteer. Um, so generally speaking, um, the volunteers will work uh, with local Fijian families. So we will stay with a local family and live like a Fijian. It's actually really cool. Um, so we get welcomed into these families. It's, um, yeah, it's really beautiful. We get um, amazing Fijian food. Oh my God, like slow cooked meat and veggie dishes, heaps of seafood, lots of curries because of like the Indian um, influence in Fiji because there's lots of um, Indo Fijian people there. Um, the local food's amazing. Um, like, yes, huge servings. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of carbs as well. So yeah, I've gone over to Fiji and come home two kilos heavier in the past. I have to watch it now. Um, I've developed a bit of a taste for cassava, taro and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's some beautiful local Fijian dishes. If you're ever in Fiji, eat something called kokoda. It's like a beautiful um, raw fish dish that's cured in like a, a lime juice and uh, coconut milk. Amazing food. Occasionally we'll even be served something called lovo. Last time, uh, a couple of trips ago actually, we even made a lovo. So it's that's like a big oven in the ground where um, there's a fire and then they turn it into the hot coals and then you bury the food on the hot coals for several hours and it's this beautiful slow-cooked meat and veggies as well. Unfortunately, uh, on the flip side of that, um, the typical Fijian diet, dun, 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 way too much white bread, way too much sugar, um, way too many empty carbs, oh, and margarine. Oh my God, I've never seen so much margarine for sale. Um, it kind of reminded me of growing up in the 1980s. It was just white bread, empty carbs, you know, breakfast cereals, margarine. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like it's like, you know, 30 years ago again. Um, and we all know how that works out. Um, even the sugar, you can't buy a small bag of sugar. Like you can only get massive bags of sugar because when we were doing um, that exercise where we were putting the sugar into the Ziploc bags, like we had to buy a whole kilo of sugar. We couldn't find a smaller bag of sugar. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of challenges over there with the local diet. Um, you know, the traditional Fijian diet was all just like um, meat, fish and veg and fruit. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately now look what's happened to them, um, hence the diabetes, I guess. Uh so yeah, so we, you know, we stay with the Fijian families, we get to see what they eat. Um, occasionally, if we're really, really lucky, we might get to spend a night or two at one of the resorts that we're working with, which is awesome. But honestly, 
the families now feel more like home to me. I, when I go there, uh, they all say, oh, hello, you're home now, you're home. And, and when you feel like you're invited in, you really feel like one as a family. Um, sometimes we get to stay in villages on islands, which is really, really cool. Um, very simple, very basic accommodation, you know, like uh, sitting on a mat on the floor kind of situation. Um, but, oh, my God, it's just, it's heaven. It really is. You wake up in the morning and you look out your window and there's the ocean and it looks like a postcard. It's just, it's crazy good, really, really beautiful place on earth. Um, and like I keep saying, the people are the nicest, warmest, most welcoming people in the world. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really easy to feel at ease over there and it's, you know, that's obviously one of the reasons that I feel so passionate about helping and why I keep going back. Um, side note, if you ever get a chance to sit on the floor and drink kava and be with the locals for a night and absorb that Fijian way of life, do it. <laughs> There's a lot you can learn from hanging out in Fiji. I tell you what, you know, slow life, simple life, lots of late night chats, less TV, less social media. Sometimes you sit around and you sing songs. It's a beautiful, slow, social, wonderful way of life. I love it. All right. Uh, now, I wanted to give you a bit of an insight into what it's like to be a volunteer uh, because obviously, you know, I've given you a bit of an insight into what it's like to be the volunteer coordinator, uh, but I have lots of amazing volunteers, quite often quite young, still students or maybe just about to graduate from uni in their health course. So, um, look, they're, you know, quite often they're a bit microphone shy. <laughs> But I managed to nail down one of them for a quick interview. So have a listen to this. Her name's Marina and she's studying to be a dietitian. Here's what she had to say about her experience in Fiji. Okay, so I have sitting in front of me here my awesome volunteer, Marina, who's agreed to answer, okay, begrudgingly agreed to answer a few questions. <laughs> hey, Marina, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. That's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to come volunteering with IVI? Yeah, well, I was just looking, I guess, in my break between uni to just have a bit more experience, maybe abroad. I knew that in Australia, volunteering is really hard to find and they sort of want you to stick with them for like the rest of your life. So I thought that I'd go to Fiji, which I just sort of found online to see you know what experience I could get for after uni since I haven't finished studying yet so yeah it's been really good <laughs> awesome and what are you studying to be right now I am studying dietetics so everything to do with nutrition um I think I hope to sort of go into private practice but who knows <laughs> need to get the experience before that <laughs> cool and what did you learn coming to Fiji like what sort of things surprised you I think their lifestyle surprised me the most the whole everything's chill everything's fine sort of just adapting to that I'm sort of like punctual pretty like reliable on-time person so coming here was a definite change but I think like I've learned to adapt and that's a skill I guess so she's on Fiji time now ladies and gentlemen Fiji time yeah throw throw your watch out the window believe me cool yeah and what skills have you learned while you're here? Well, 
I had no idea how to do manual BP, so blood pressure, uh, glucose tests, even though I learned a lot about that in uni. Like I've never learned how to take any, so that's a really good skill to have, especially clinically. Um, and, yeah, just how to talk to people as well, um, talk in a more simple language um, to what I am used to is also been really good to learn. Yeah. I think simplifying stuff is yeah. like a skill that we can take back to Australia with this as well. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of um, you know different populations and people we have to cater to. So I think yeah, very important. Awesome. And what's been your biggest takeaway that you think you'll go back to Australia with from this experience? I think my biggest takeaway would be that you know, if you speak to a person the right way, they will be open to your advice um, because they understand what you're saying. So even here, I've learned that Fijians are actually very open to advice. Um, They're sort of like, oh, like I didn't know that and I will try and do that. Um, I think you just have to learn how to get your message across. So, yeah. Awesome. And what advice would you have for anyone who's thinking of doing any sort of volunteering in Fiji? If you're thinking about it, I would just do it. You don't need to have any like very special skills if you have an interest in health and anything like that. Um, Just do it because you'll learn on the spot and you'll learn pretty quick. So, yeah. Do you think you grow as a person as well? Definitely. I think I've learned so much, um, especially being with the other volunteers as well they've got other skills that they bring to the table um, and also being with people that are older than me and who have more experience anyway in clinically as well. That's been really good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Marina. You're a legend and I've really loved having you on our team this time. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I thought so too. She's a bit of a legend actually. So much fun to work with. All right, so the results of all of this is that we're making inroads and now IVI are committed to going over four times a year and we're also going to be measuring our progress while we're there. Okay, and speaking of progress, I've got one more little thing to play for you and this is this is really cool. This is one of our Sheraton associates, they're called, but it's one of the Sheraton staff members in Denarau who came and got a health check, um, got a bit of a shock, went away and made some changes, and then the next time we were there, they came for their follow-up health check. So have a listen to what happened. Hola. Hola. So we came to do a health check last time and your blood sugar was high. Is that correct? Yes. But you've decided to cut out sugar. Is uh, that correct? Uh, very little sugar. Yeah, yes. you have a low amount of yes. sugar. Because uh, reaching that nine, yeah. it's like uh, alert to me. So alarm, yeah. Alarm to me, so oh, I don't want to have that. Yeah. So, and then you said, you better cut out the sugar. Yes. So, I managed to. Good. That's really and good. And it was surprising. Like, I was happy when I see this result yeah. today. So, you came back today and yes. we've done another health check and we did the blood glucose test and your sugar level was what number? 4.5. Amazing. Amazing. That's a really good job. Yes. 
So I listened carefully to your <laughs> advice. Advice. I took it. I own it. Great. Yes. I'm happy for you. That's really so good. So what I did most was I never miss water with lime. Yeah. Early in the morning and midday. Very good. Then Very I go good. to bed. So more water. So that's like less juice. Less juice. Less juice. Yeah. Less juice. Even I tell my children, don't drink juice. Water <laughs> yes, yes. Really is the best. Yes. 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 So if that doesn't inspire you, well, nothing will, hey? It's so cool. It's just so cool to see those sorts of results. So if you've been listening to this episode and you would like to get involved, if you're a nurse, a nutritionist, a doctor, a naturopath, a midwife, a physio, an OT, chiropractor, osteopath, or any other allied health practitioner that I've forgotten to mention just then, get in touch We take students as long as they have their basic first aid, so it's also an amazing opportunity to gain experience in this field and get get your hands on the people doing the things before you even graduate, which is awesome because I remember when I came out of college, I'd, I'd barely even done like 20 blood pressures and then I was like, oh, my God, I'm out in the big wide world. So if you want to get this hands-on experience before you hit the big wide world, this is a great way to do it as well. And if you're fully qualified, even better. So head to volunteering.org.au or drop me a line at hello at julesgalloway.com and I'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction to get started. And who knows, maybe we'll be even working side by side together in Tropical Island soon. Well, that's all from me this week. I hope you've enjoyed this catch-up episode. As usual, if if you're looking for beautiful ways to make yourself healthy, happy, more vibrant, if you're looking for amazing tips on nutrition, adrenal fatigue, and all those cool things, when I'm not being a volunteer coordinator, I'm also a naturopath and I see patients one-on-one and I have a program for adrenal fatigue. So you can find out more about what I do over at julesgalloway.com. There's free giveaways over there. There's a really cool quiz to assess uh, the health of your adrenals as well. So get into that over at julesgalloway.com. That's all from me right now. Have a beautiful fortnight. See you real soon. Stay shiny and bye for now. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. For those of you on your own health journey, you know that a lot of times it's two steps forward, one step back, and you think you're doing well, and then something else pops up. It's like um, always, you're always learning. It's just a, it's not something that just happens overnight and suddenly you're well. If I actually had been so wrong about this really important thing in my life, what else was I wrong about? And it got me down this, uh, this place of questioning all the concepts that I had. And then I came to one question, which was, who am I beyond concept? When I was a little kid, I really always had trouble with food intolerances. I realized that there was a lot to be said for the way you eat. You come to the same place that I came to, and it's a place of complete freedom. Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.